Welcome to my show, the Church Action. I hope you're having a great Saturday. I woke up early this morning and we had some Toastmasters training to do. In other words, public speaking. We've got a, an event on Monday. Training for all of the officers within Toastmasters. And so that's Monday evening, and we had to have a little go-through, a practice, you know, going through all the events. And then I went to the track and parked my car, actually, by the track and walked around the block, so to speak, and on pavement, and it felt good, walking fast and doing about 20-meter sprints, which is what I like. You know, the rationale behind that is, you get out and you walk, get that air in your body, you know, that oxygen. Because once you pick up the pace, then it's hard to breathe through your nose, especially in the heat. Okay, then, of course, right? You breathe through your mouth. And then the rash. The rationale is that when you only sprint for a certain like five meter, excuse me, five seconds or a twenty meter sprint. You don't have a chance to break down on the mechanics, and usually you have all these injuries from running and from sprinting. It's a breakdown in the mechanics, which happens when you do too much. So you can have ankle injuries, knee injuries, joint injuries, hamstring injuries. You keep the sprinting in a shorter distance, twenty meters, ten to twenty meters. You get that full maximum exertion. And then you pull it back, you know, keep on walking. I did that for two miles, and I feel good. And usually, you know, I'm concerned about my feet also hurting me and the lesser impact on the track. However, just recently, I'm constantly doing research. Just recently, I found out that a track, and there are different types of tracks, so maybe that's not fair to say for all tracks, but... They say that it could be bad on your knees because of the impact of your rubber shoes on the rubber track and also especially going around the curves. It has effect on the one side of the body or the other, you know, which makes sense, right? And it was really brought to view in my mind that case in point there at the track and field world championships this year in Budapest, Hungary. Now, I'd be wrong, and I'm not meaning to judge anybody because I might turn out and go to the track, which I've done thousands of times before, and I still might again in the future. I'm going to go on a cruise here in September, and they've got a track, and I'm going to probably going to run around instead of going to the gym because I like the pressure and sunshine outside. And so I don't mean to be hypocritical, but did you notice that if you watch that? track and field world championships there were like at least four people that fell down for no good reason i've never seen that before fell down on the track and that might be and i could be wrong because the track is really not conducive to the biomechanics of the human walking or running you know there are certain biomechanics which are applicable to humans walking we're not meant to have a, a slab of rubber tied on our feet. We're meant to walk barefoot, but that's almost impossible to do in our environment, you know, in this society, 
when you could step on sharp rocks or glass or, you know, the pavement might be too hot to walk on or the concrete. And suffice it to say, there's very little opportunity to walk around barefoot in this day and age. But anyway, I'm constantly tweaking my routine, you know, to get the best benefits I can, exercising my heart, you know, getting the blood flowing faster throughout my body and getting sufficient amounts of oxygen out there in the atmosphere because we live, I've mentioned this before in previous shows, in an oxygen-deprived society from within the house with the windows closed. You know, that's the oxygen outside, fresh air. Okay, it may be hot. Well, stop being kind of wimpy, you know. Go outside and get your fresh air, your requisite daily recommended amounts of oxygen and sunshine. And that'd be, okay, I take that back. I didn't mean to be judgmental, but I think people need to. Take it from me. I'm just trying to help, you know. You need, we all need more body, more optimally. We get in our cars, yeah, I know it's hot, but... You can put both on, put the air conditioning on and turn the windows down, you know, drive around that way, still get your oxygen. So I had a good workout, two miles about, and I feel pretty good. My feet hurt me that much. I was surprised, but it's all because I tweaked it to where I, I found that little bit of verbiage on the internet doing my research which i constantly do to try to make myself better and it said which i didn't realize before sprinting and i'm a sprint master i've been sprinting since 2016. i've sprinted over i've done over a thousand meter a thousand one hundred meter sprints i'm not kidding okay i'm not joking i'm serious and here's somebody well we're going into that anyway so what I didn't know was you run more than 20 meters at full power, you know, 100% exertion, then your mechanics start breaking down. You start holding your hands in a different way and get more impact. I mean, the impact is greater on your body and you can develop groin injuries or hamstring injuries. Go for a walk. Pavement, asphalt is better than rubber track for the reasons I just mentioned. And pavement is better than a dirt track, even though it's natural. What I've found is that your feet slip around a lot, especially when you run. And the surface is usually uneven, so there's a lot of bumps and holes and rocks and things you have to compete with. Obviously, try to find a patch of asphalt where you're free have to compete with cars as you walk and run around. Just walk fast, uh, not too fast. Let's say about um, 3.5 mile an hour pace. Breathing through your mouth. You know, if you start off slow, breathe through your nose, get to about three points. When you pick up the pace, that's when you start breathing through your mouth. And then look ahead and take out about a 20-meter distance ahead of you 
and run to that distance. And then stop, keep going, and then throughout the one or two miles, how many miles you want to do, just you can just do how many 20-meter sprints you want to. Today I did about 10, I think. But you can do less if you want. Maybe be fun. And so that is my new workout routine. All in an effort to make myself the best me I can possibly be. Now we change the subject, my friends. I was just inside listening to the news. And I have to be tolerant with my stepdaughter. She pretty much owns the living room, you know. She watches CNN almost all the time on the television downstairs. And upstairs, my wife, she loves CNN too, you know. And that's her political leaning, so to speak, because CNN is Democrat, you know. They're Democrat-leaning, that's very obvious. You know, Fox News, more Republican-leaning. Now, we take turns at sharing the television upstairs, and I don't mind CNN. There's a lot of people on there who I, I like. A lot of their personalities are very amiable, you know. They're always talking Democratic-leaning stuff, you know, whether it's bashing Mr. Trump or anything to do with politics, you know. But if it was up to me, when I get my turn at the television, I don't watch any news. And one reason is because today, case in point, we had another mass shooting in Jacksonville. It'd be a different Republican president was in power, you know, Mr. Trump or someone else. None of this would be going on. Of course, it would be going on if it wasn't. You know, to the law. Being one political way or another. So they're talking about Mr. Trump and on these recent indictments and the Georgia indictment and all these people, and it goes on and on. And then flash, breaking news, an active shooter, another active shooting, and another active shooting. It makes me wonder, you know, what's going on with that. You catch my drift? Now, like I said, you know, political parties are always at each other's backs or at each other's throats. From the time the opposite party gets into power, and it goes back and forth, and so it is. But my friends, I say this. Oh, by the way, too, you know, they go from the active shooter incident to a commercial. Back to bashing Mr. Trump, another active shooter incident. You know, very sad. I feel sorry for the people who were affected by that, the people who lost their lives. May God bless their souls. I always say prayers. You say your prayers, my friends. And I say prayers for the loved ones to comfort them, you know. It's sad, really, that this is 
going on, but it's a level of competition which I think we like. You know, in America, we've gotten used to that competition, whether it's sports, you know, track and field, politics. But there comes a time when we need to draw the line in regard to politics because we're always talking about the Constitution, but they're in direct violation of the Constitution for this reason. Constitution, and probably the most important point in the Constitution one considers as our base doctrine for how we're supposed to be living our lives here in the United States of America is that we, the people, our welfare should be of the utmost priority, the primary importance to all politicians. But it's not that way. Maybe they start out that way, they get elected, they go to Washington, they find out soon enough that all their beliefs that they would tell their constituents go out the window because all of a sudden they are forced to conform or be alienated, ostracized. And that's really unfortunate. So, my friend, at the next election, think about the people that are going to go there and stick to their word and not renege, and not be intimidated, and not be, not caring what other people think, concerned with we, the people, our welfare. Does that make sense? Said, take a drink of water. But we, the people, our welfare goes out the window because of their competition. And so they are, and that's probably the most heinous violation of the Constitution, not caring about we, the people, our welfare, all these people living on the streets, homeless people, people living in poverty, and the politicians that play their game, you know? I respect them all as human beings, I know it's a very difficult job, but they go there with the intention of doing their best, then they change. It's the rhetoric of failure, my friends. But what we need are people who are courageous and brave, are willing to buck the system, do what's right for the people, and change things so we don't ultimately end up destroying each other. You know, I can see the there's a lot of anger going on in America. All of these active shootings. Hello. There's a lot of anger going on. Why? You could trace it back to point it at the rhetoric that's going back and forth, the division between the two main political parties, my friends. It's on the news all the time. People talk about it all the time. I think we're getting a little bit tired of it, you know. And it's not really these people who are on CNN or Fox News who are the commentators, the, the people, other people in the background. It's the people that own the networks, these billionaires that own CNN. They're told, they tell their people what to say, what to do. Don't you believe otherwise? I don't. I'm not fooled, you know. 
They're controlling our minds with a lot of this stuff. As I mentioned, you know, they are bashing Mr. Trump, as they see in them, flashing news. Oh, another active shooting. Hello. Okay, time for a commercial break. We got to make our money, you know. Back to bashing Mr. Trump. Bring on some more people who want their day in television, you know, on television. See if they can talk and make a good point, you know, all these people who are, yes, I'll bash Mr. Trump too. I'll tell you. I'll lay out some rationale why, you know, they should convict him. Throw him in jail. We don't want him to be president again. Who cares what he thinks? I don't care if he dies even, you know. And maybe that's not fair to say, but did you ever wonder what would happen if people that you know that maybe you've been saying bad things about, if they died, maybe people around your social circle or maybe at work who you don't get along with, would you be regretful or remorseful for having said the things that you said about them? Whatever happened to let those of you who are without sin cast the first stone with Mr. Trump's situation, what about the Stormy Daniels case? All of those that are not sinful, you know, who are of who have no sin in that regard, then obviously throw a stone. Or if you've never done that kind of thing before, well, maybe you don't have that kind of forgiveness, where you could forgive somebody like Jesus did, you know. What do you say to the prostitute? Go and sin no more. What kind of mental acuity is that? That's a pretty intelligent thing to say, you know, and now it's lasted throughout the centuries. You know, it's just brilliant, incredibly intelligent things that Jesus said that are still applicable in our lives today that we can use, that we can emulate, you know, but instead... We get caught up in this competition. You know, people, as I mentioned, are looking for their day in the sunshine on television to see if they can perform, say the right things, possibly get famous, you know, do some extra money. And they have all these political commentators, and they go from one to the other, and they lay out this beautiful rhetoric, but always of a negative leaning. You know, the opposing parties individual. So how can we make a sad song, a sad song, and make it better, my friend? I think we have to understand, first of all, that if we want things to change, we need to do it in the next election. And then whatever we can't change in the next election, do it in the following election, always refining, tweaking our system to make it more in accordance with the Constitution, which is what our forefathers envisioned for in America, where you have a diversity of people coming from all over the world that want to live in peace and harmony and under freedom. Freedom is the key word here. And we don't want that competition going on. I personally don't want it. I'm getting tired of it. You know, I have to deal with it because there's other people in my house and I have to be respectful of what they want. And that's okay. Like I said, I like most of the people. I like everybody, actually. All these 
people who are paid to do a job, and some of them are paid very well to Wolf Blitzer makes $5 million a year. And so they're told what to say, what to do, these owners of the news stations. You know, it's understandable. You have to rationalize it. So how can I make this sad song into a, a better song, a happy song? Well, I think on this subject, the only thing I can recommend, and, and I was just saying that, is that whoever you vote for, whether it's Democrat or Republican, maybe a combination of all, you know, I would not recommend this voting straight across the board for one or the other because look at the individual person. You know, are they brave? Are they courageous? Are they willing to buck the system? Are they willing to stand up for we the people? Are they willing to fight the the system in ostracize with people when they don't believe what they want them to believe. You know, I had a, a man who bought, who bought my car recently. He sold me this house. I had an old car, and after he sold me the house, I sold him my car. And he went, he became a, a district congressman and went to Washington, D.C. He needed two years. And I don't know really all of what happened, but he wasn't reelected. He was Republican. And I still need to ask him what happened. You know, I think I'm not mistaken about what I said. They get there, and it's a whole different ballgame, you know. And they might have been told beforehand what to expect. But. When they vote along party lines, you know, even though they don't believe in a certain thing, and you know they don't, but they have to, they have to go along with the party, then you know what's wrong with that. And anyway, I guess that's enough. So before we go on to another subject, one final word on that again, is please elect the right people the next election. Think about it long and hard. And actually, before I go on to another subject, not said this before on previous shows, you can break down the fighting between pro-choice and pro-life. Now, what do I this is a pretty contentious subject, but I wonder what God, the creator, thinks about abortion. And I think, you know, there's abortion that's been allowed before in the past, and I think it's still allowed where they don't treat an unborn baby like a human being. And the only reason I think that women go because they've been discriminated against in the past and are just now being treated equal. And I think when there's a dog behind me, hi, Shakira, someone just let out one of the dogs. So did you, now she's going back in. Okay, hold on.
Okay, I'm back. So, did you ever see the movie Heaven is for Real? Well, in that movie, the boy, Colton Burpo, he has a near-death experience. He goes to heaven. Easier to believe than, say, an adult, and I've read hundreds of near-death experiences or saw videos of them. Basically the same, you know, where they go to a world of light. They meet either God or Jesus or spiritual beings, angels. Well, he had a, a situation where he had some gastrointestinal issues and he flatlined and he went to heaven and he saw a sister that he didn't know he had who had miscarried. Her mother had a miscarriage. She died in the mother's tummy. He had to later put it to his mother and his father. He said, what did he say? Mama, I didn't know I had another sister. She said, yes, you do. You have a sister. I forget her name. And he said, no, I have another sister. I met her when I was in heaven. She said that she died in your tummy and she came up and was giving me hugs. And how can you disregard that as not being the best kind of evidence that we need without any concrete, tangible evidence, which is really impossible to get on that subject, you know? You have to rely on the word of people, believe in people. You have to believe a three-year-old who wouldn't be making that up. Agreed, I think 95% of any sane, logical, rational people would take that as some good, objective evidence that there is life after death. And that baby that died in his mother's womb continued to exist in the afterlife and grow there in that realm. It's the same with an aborted child also, right? Two and two equals four, the same situation. You have a baby that's taken out of the mother's womb, one intentionally, the other one unintentionally. They both continue to exist. The powers that be sent that baby, the spirit and soul of that baby down into the unborn fetus after, usually after the heart starts beating until it exits the mother's womb at all points in between it can be and I think God understands how difficult it can be for a mother to make a decision like that but ultimately I believe that God doesn't want abortion that it's akin to murder in a way, right? Because I'm glad that I wasn't aborted. My mother had a miscarriage. I wouldn't be standing here in all of us at one point in the past were in our mother's womb, right? So a mother that has pro-choice who's choosing to have an abortion, she's also choosing to murder that baby to end its life. Logical? Reasonable? Yes? She's choosing to end the life of the baby. Now, I understand the baby 
is living in her body, but it's also a separate individual entity. And the baby had no choice itself. It couldn't even commit suicide. So it's like the mother decided to commit suicide for the baby, in a way. Because she's like two, two entities in one, sort of. So it's kind of like a partial suicide for the woman. Unless you want to consider the baby being a separate, totally separate entity. Now, you break that down to the Democrats out there and the Republicans. Most Republicans are pro-life. Most Democrats are pro-choice. I can understand how they still feel strongly about all the discrimination that women have faced over the years. And then there are other subjects the Democrats and Republicans are in disagreement, disagreement about, you know, that, but that's separate from this discussion, you know. I think in cases of, like, rape and incest, is the computers of heaven insertion of every third unborn human fetus you have to see the big picture in regards to that my friends you have to understand that you are not in control of the overall. There are higher powers that you can control. And if you usurp their authority, yes, they understand how difficult it can be, and they are sympathetic with the mothers who are really co-creators with God because they, unlike men, have a body, a human body, grow inside their bodies, but there has to be rights for the baby. The baby has to have certain rights you know, which they don't have right now. And it's all a part of evolution. I guarantee you, in 50 to 100 years from now, pro-choice will have decreased and pro-life will have increased, if you know what I mean. But that doesn't really justify one side or the other being better than the other side. What it means is that we need to be more intelligent with all of our discussions, we need to continue to develop ourselves spiritually and understand the rationale I just laid out is irrefutable, you know. I sympathize with the women, I feel for them, how hard it must be sometimes. But then some abortions in the past, one has to agree that the mother really didn't give it a lot of thought, you know. And think of all those dead souls up in heaven, spirits that were going to come down here and live their lives, that opportunity that they missed, where they could have walked on earth, felt the sun on their faces, watched the sunset or a sunrise, in other words, breathed the fresh air, had some really incredible food, taken a wonderful vacation on a beach and swam in the beautiful water, smelled the flowers, felt the wind upon their body. But no, they were ended prematurely. Their lives were ended prematurely. They weren't allowed to be born 
And I know everyone knows me. I was aborted by my mother. Strange thing that's going on with me. I'm having dreams about Mr. Trump. And in my dreams, we are friends. However, the last dream I just had a couple of days ago, he was going to almost like adopt me as a child, as a son. So he's older than me, just a little bit. I'm 69. He's, what, 76. I think he is a really cool guy. He's a billionaire, so he is very successful with business and knows how to be successful. He knows the art of the deal. He just really wanted to make America great again. Of course, he wanted his name as a successful president, you know. He wanted us to not be taken advantage of by China anymore. You know, China has been taking advantage of us for years, making more money from us than what we um, make from them, you know. There's a lot more exports than imports into China, you know, that is going on and has been for many, many years. Think of all the products that were made in China over the years and companies that moved to different places so that they um, could compete with them, you know? Suffice it to say, when Mr. Trump was president, China stopped taking advantage of it. And maybe that's why the virus was released, unleashed on the world. I know that's a negative thought, but it's a possibility. Consider only that it might be a possibility because they were taking a pretty big hit their economy, right or wrong. And, of course, they'd be willing to sacrifice some of their people to stop, you know, other people from around the world taking advantage of them so they could get their economy back. And what a, a brilliant kind of strategy to unleash a virus on the world and therefore make it seem like Mr. Trump didn't handle it properly, and it might have been his. He had to deal with that, and so knowing that he probably therefore selection in before with the Democrats in power, and then continuing to take advantage of the United States of America. Am I right or wrong? Now, if you want that to happen, it's my gas price. If you want to continue paying prices at the grocery stores, go ahead, continue to vote for Democrats. I don't see anything changing in the near future, do you? So you really want to pay for what you believe in? Do you really believe in what you believe? Do you really believe in pro-choice what I, after what I just mentioned? We could probably have a good debate. 
I personally don't want to pay for any more high gas prices. I'm tired, tired of it, tired of these higher prices. Almost every item I buy in the grocery store is at least a dollar or two more than it usually was than it was before. Do you hear what I'm saying? But people, they they don't want to hear some things. You know, they focus on in between the lines of what you're saying. And Mr. Trump, yes, I know he badmouths people, calls them crazy and morons and nut jobs. But that's just the businessman in him, you know, and especially when people are so mean, can be so mean, mean to him, you know. I see the good in him. I see a good man. If you're intelligent and successful like he is, then naturally you have to understand that he only expects that from you as well. And loyalty, too. A lot of these people, these whistleblowers that have turned against them, you know, that's a, a failure in strategy on his behalf, not realizing that his voice could have been recorded or was being recorded and then used against him at a later time. He should have known better, you know. But these are... Things that you learn as you go along. And I understand, I don't know all the details, but a president who has just served his term as president is allowed to take home some classified documents. That's the power of the Joe Biden has some documents. Whatever happened to them, all of a sudden, then they're not talking about his documents anymore, or even Vice, Vice President Pence's. You know, I, I don't know all the details, but I'm just a little bit suspicious why you know, they're trying to prosecute Trump and not Mr. Biden or Mr. Pence. And, and I'll say it once again, my friends, so that you know, it's the game between the Democrats and the Republicans. Nothing to get too much worked up over, only you have to understand, lay out the rationale and the logic behind what I just said. Everything I've mentioned previously, you know, you watch CNN, you're going to be fed Democratic-leaning, very what they say, so as not to offend the Democrats, and it all goes back to most of them being pro-choice or pro-life. Yes, climate change is a real thing, and I'm not really happy with Mr. Trump when he was president not taking a better stance on climate change, but he was new in the office, and for him it just seemed like money, you know, the Paris Accord. Other countries trying to take advantage of the United States and charging money and some laws and regulations weren't really applicable and, and logical. There's that word again, logical. I'm a logical person. I suppose because I'm 69 years old and I've had the benefit of much experience and wisdom in the past. 
You know, I learn things all the time. But learning never stops, my friends, you know. And I wish I didn't have to take one side or the other, but I'm entitled to my opinion, right? Just like everyone else is. All I can do is lay out rationale and logic for the existence of a creator of the universe or for extraterrestrials out there, you know. Watch a movie if you have some time, if you remember. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Dr. Stephen Greer, the head of the Disclosure Project. And you will realize there's probably more relevant and important things to worry concerned about than politics here on planet Earth. We're part of an incredibly diverse, floating in space, traveling many hundreds and thousands of miles an hour, floating around the Milky Way galaxy in the velvety blackness of outer space interspersed with the brilliant diamond-like stars out there, which are really suns and solar systems, all held in existence by the might of the Supreme Creator's power, call it gravity, call it what you want, the power that holds us all in existence. And it wasn't man-made. Neither is the sun man-made. It's a fair... But I've talked about it before. I've learned all the answers, my friends. I've learned from other people. A sun is a world on fire, but it's also the home of the spirit. Because in your body, again, I remind you of that song by the police, who were way ahead of their time in 1981 and in the 70s, the great rock band, the police. We are spirits in the material world. Do you realize how much bravery and courage it took to sing about that back in those days, in that day and age, 1981? We are spirits in the material world, our spirits. And that is the truth, my friends. That is the truth. And your spirit is made of light energy. And light energy can exist in fire because fire is light energy. Does that lay it out for you simply enough? You want me to try to break it down to you further than that so you can understand or hopefully you can understand what I just said? And that song goes, there is no political solution to are going to look after we the people, our welfare, and not be involved with the competition one side or the other. There is no political solution to our troubled evolution. Have no faith in constitution. Well, yes, the police were English, an English rock band. But the rationale behind that is back when the Constitution was created, there was a bloody revolution going on. They weren't really looking at 200 years into the future saying, oh, this is the way it's going to be. We're going to do it for them. But right now, back then, and they needed the Constitution to be for people in the best way possible in accordance with the Creator's wishes that being would have unalienable rights in the pursuit of happiness and truth and justice and all those great things. I don't have a down word for word, but you know what I mean, right? And our so-called leaders 
speak. You have so-called leaders because, you know, they get elected by the people, but do they represent all of us? Do they really care about bringing us all together, uniting us, one people? You've got this division, 50% Republicans, 50% Democrats. When are we ever going to be united, really? I know we're all Americans. Our so-called leaders speak with words they try and jail you. Yeah, they, they try to inflict, if you will, their rationale upon us. Now, some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't. I watched the debate this last week. Take what Chris Christie said, for example. He said, regardless of whether or not you think the charges against Mr. Trump were right or wrong, that conduct is underneath the president of the United States. Well, if you believe the conduct was or if you believe the charges were not wrong, that they were all right, then the conduct, therefore, would not be underneath the President of the United States. So he used his words wrong there. Do you understand what I meant? Does that make sense? What I saw was really intelligent, was Vivek. I can't even pronounce his last name, Ramasamy or... Anyway, his first name is Vivek. I was very impressed with him. I think Ron did good, but he's a little bit too much um, gift, you know, and I don't know. What's her name? Uh, the, the woman that was on the stage, Haley. I like what she said about abortion, you know, and humanizing it instead of demonizing it. But then she lost her temper, went off in a tantrum, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And let's see, who else? I like Tim Scott. He made a lot of good sense. Uh, there's someone who's very logical, very intelligent, and I think he would be a good running mate, actually. I don't. He's not going to get enough support from the people to be president. The same thing with any of them, I believe. The people that were... I think I saw a Sean Hannity show recently, and he had a room full of people, and they were all Republican, you know, because Sean Hannity is Republican. And he asked them all these... Is that going to change your mind when it comes to vote for him? In the next election, they all shook their heads. There was about maybe 50, 75 of them, I would say, roughly. And going back to Mr. Trump, I really do like him. And I'm dreaming about him. I don't know why, but my wife thinks he's the Antichrist. That's because she's been a Democrat all her life. She's a lifelong Democrat. Me, I vote for one or the other. I'm always voting for the person. I really don't vote for the party. You hear me? And I think you should be the same, too. Vote for the person, not the party. Vote for what they believe in, what's best for America, what can bring us all together, what can unite us. Now, is Mr. Trump going to try to unite us? No, I, I think that's one thing he needs to work on, you know. But I can understand why he's upset. Because he didn't anticipate that the swamp was going to be so mean and so vicious. Those two impeachments against him wouldn't have happened if the Democrats hadn't won back the House. So if the House had stayed red, he wouldn't have been impeached. And he probably would have won a second term as a president. 
but that was a failure in his strategy to not foresee that the house was going to turn blue instead of red. So that was his fault. He could have done, and some of the other politicians there could have done more to try to keep the house on the Republican side. So going back to that song by the police, um, they subjugate the meek. It is the rhetoric of failure. With words they, a so-called leader speak. With words they try and jail you. They subjugate the meek, but it is the rhetoric of failure. And so it is with a lot of the politicians that go to Washington. They don't keep their promises. Somebody's always lying. One side or the other. I can't believe it. You know, I can't believe it. Somebody you can tell is always lying. question is, who is lying? Isn't that right? You see that in these debates? And, and once they get closer to the election, they'll say things about each other, and you don't know who's telling the truth. Facts and figures, you don't know who's right and who's wrong. So that when we are spirits in the material world, which we are, amen. I hear an amen. Fellow boys who've had a war centuries. Don't be afraid of talking about this. There's got to be another way. No, um, that's a lie. That's it. Living from day to day. Is this something we can buy? There must be another way. And so maybe that's everything that you see, what's going on right now is part of a monetary system. You have those that have and those that have not. That song by Pink Floyd, Us and Them. It says in that song, a beautiful song, if you've never heard of it, Us and Them by Pink Floyd. Listen to it. Beautiful. From the Dark Side of the Moon album. And it says, that's what the fighting's all about. The people that have and those that have not. Make sense? Yes. A civilization that existed on Earth many thousands of years ago, approximately 15,000 years ago, around the same time that Atlantis and the North Atlantic Ocean existed. Lemuria, otherwise known as Mu, existed in the Pacific Ocean, close to where, um, I think, east of New Zealand, about a thousand miles. There was a continent called Lemuria Mu, and a very advanced civilization existed there. They had anti-gravity, electromagnetic technology, propulsion systems, they they worshipped the creator in a different way, their music was different, they didn't have a monetary system if you wanted some food, meat, vegetables, fruit, flowers, they were all available for everyone to come into a marketplace and take, but you had to give something back, it was kind of like share, you know, so... It was a sharing system instead of a monetary system, if you will. But people were more than happy to share what they had with other people. Why? Because they loved each other. And that's one thing we don't do in our society. Why don't we love each other? We should be adoring each other, knowing that you could die like five minutes from now or tomorrow or next week. We all could be gone, 
gone in a heartbeat, gone like that, and a snap of the finger, no longer alive. And then wouldn't you be regretful and remorseful for maybe not having been more kinder to somebody and more generous? Why don't we love each other? Why don't we adore each other? Other civilizations out there in the universe, I'll tell you, from what I know, they all love each other. They see the person, the real person. They see the spirit and the soul in them. They know that the soul exists. It's been proven by their science. Exists. Now, some of these extraterrestrials, they can live to be 20,000 years old in the material universe. How am I doing on time? One minute. Well, my friends, if you do that, say creator of the universe and say whatever your prayer is, I guarantee you, you will hear a voice back to you. The creator of the universe will answer you like you haven't heard before. So I pray right now to the creator of the universe. Please bless us all, everybody. Help us in our evolution. Keep us together. Keep us united. Keep us loving. Help us to love each other more, creator. Thank you for everything. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. I love you. Bye-bye.